lo superficial Cambia también lo profundo Cambia el modo de pensar Cambia todo en este mundo Cambia el clima Hello viewers, hello listeners of Pan-African Network. We are here again with uh, Father Carlos in preparation for the Af African uh, conference that is coming up in Nairobi. So we are going to pass the word over to him to introduce himself, tell us his uh, areas of interest in research and um, um, what um, we can learn from his expertise as a theologian. You're welcome, Father Carlos. Thank you so much, Sister Amakwe and Nemeka, for inviting me to this conversation. I'm very excited to attend the Congress in, in Nairobi next July. Um, learning from your personal and um, communitarian experiences of faith, uh, struggling for justice, memory, peace, truth, and life. Um, well, I'm a Dominican for the Order of Preachers. Uh, Dominican uh, father, and I, um, I come from Mexico, and I was um, formed in Fribourg in Switzerland uh, for the master's and the doctoral program, and my field is fundamental theology. That's why I'm always trying to connect what kind of contemporary issues are uh, very important for theology today. Faith and reason is not only in the past, but of course, it's a very important challenge today, particularly in the post-colonial societies, post-modern societies in the global north, uh, and the colonial processes around the globe also from the global south. Mm -hmm. So I've been teaching for 25 years, 26 now, uh, theology, mainly in Mexico City, at the Jesuit University um, in Mexico City for 20 years, and then the first five years at the Pontifical University in uh, Mexico City. Um, but I've been also teaching uh, in Fribourg in Switzerland, where I studied. I spent there eight years of my life, so that's why I really connected with the um, French cultural work um, world also, uh, and culture. Um, and my main uh, field of research is about uh, subjectivity, how modern and postmodern subjectivity, that means people in their emotions, feelings, uh, and practices, they are open to revelation and to the experience of redemption, of course. Um, and that's why I try to connect at least three main uh, frameworks to understand better where we are located now in this late modernity time. Mm -hmm. The first uh, moment is uh, the first uh, um, uh, tradition that I try to incorporate in my understanding of theology is phenomenology, which means uh, the European approach of uh, vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And that's a very important category for me to understand how human condition today is open to many kinds of uh, struggles for violence, for justice and truth in the midst of violence. And that's why um, vulnerability, uh, according to the phenomenological approach, is very important to me. Another perspective is mimetic theory, because violence is a very complex phenomenon. It's not only the trauma that a, a particular person, an individual, but a people can really be affected by, but um, we need to understand better what kind of mechanism um, is um, working at uh, 
in at moment of war and other different moments in, in history. That's why um, mimetic theory founded by René Girard 50 years ago in France has been an important tool to understand that we, all of us, we are a part of a violent history, sometimes as victims, but sometimes also as perpetrators. And we need to understand better this process to dismantle the logic of sacrifice that is uh, leading this kind of um, uh, social uh, relationship. And so the second, the third um, uh, field or inspiration for me is uh, liberation theology, of course, which is my my more Latin American um, root. Uh, that means that um, the experience of God is the option for the poor, expanded to the excluded, and uh, not only the economic poor, but people who have been facing many kinds of violence. In my country, in Mexico, in the last uh, 15 years, we have had uh, more than 100,000 of people disappear. Uh, the, the phenomena of um, forced uh, disappearance is a very important phenomenon. It's an exp expression of the global violence. Most of the people who um, are missing now, they come from Central America, but also from Mexico, but other countries around the world, because they're trying to cross Mexican territory to come into the United States. And they are, uh, they are captured by criminal mafias. Criminal mafias who are trafficking, uh, of course, drugs, but also human organs and uh, guns uh, and also people. That's why uh, my theology tries to listen very carefully um, the experience of those communities of survivors, the families of disappeared people who are searching their children. So that's why my, my theology is trying to connect contemporary issues like mm -hmm. violence, structural, systemic violence with the experience of redemption, how God is at work in history today in different ways. Sometimes it's a religious experience of God, but sometimes it's secular, which is important is the struggle for life, for justice, with truth and memory. And that's why my, my contribution to Concilium has been uh, leading this kind of project. Yeah, thank you, Father. I think we are talking to the right person <laughs> uh, for the African audience and for oh. our global listeners, because we are, like I said, the majority of the audience are Africans. I mean, you know, African as a continent has been battered years for centuries with violence, with the trauma of uh, colonialism with all sorts of, of uh, trauma, poverty, and all that. And uh, listening to you is like you are explaining the, 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 the issues and the experience of an African and all that. So, and um, we, we want to, since you are working on the for, for the global church, and that's in fact the, the theme of the, of the conference, are working together for the global church and for the African church in particular. And uh, we are listening to you that the problems you, are dealing, you, you study, you research on are similar or the same with what we face in Africa. What is your suggestion uh, for an African theologian, African missionary, an African, a, a, a liberator, somebody that is involved in social issues, 
So what will be your advice um, for such an individual? Wow, what a wonderful question. Um, in my understanding, we need to improve a more deep dialogue south-south, which means listen each other carefully. Because usually, uh, because of colonization, we have been discussing about who we are as Latin Americans, Africans, or Asians, um, looking at Europe or North America as a model. And I think that is part of this, the history, but we need to go beyond that because that's colonization, even uh, in theology. And that's why it's very important to acknowledge, first of all, that each one of our different cultures in the Global South has a very important um, treasure and heritage of spirituality, theology, community. Um, and then we need to, to learn each other and know each other better. That's a, a first element that I, I think it's very important. That's why I'm so excited to discover uh, the Palaver methodology, for instance, that you are improving uh, in the next uh, coming conference in Nairobi. Um, but we need also um, a common framework, theoretical framework to understand what has been um, uh, happening in modern history in the last centuries. And that's why people like Achille Bembe, for instance, is a very important African author to understand um, how modernity has in some way um, uh, has been expanding a very important way to control population. And we need to know better the logic of discrimination, of hegemonic uh, discrimination to dismantle that kind of processes. Um, and the colonial thinking around the globe, particularly global south, in Latin America is a very important um, um, group of research people, the colonial thinkers, uh, also in Africa and some Asia, and even in the North, because the question is not geographical. Where are we located when we talk about uh, option for the poor or the excluded? And uh, what, um, what kind of image of God are we trying to discover in that kind of experiences? Even in the North, there are different nodes. Mm -hmm. In big mm -hmm. cities like Paris or Berlin or London, there are people who are living in the region of non-being, as Franz Fanon, the most important decolonial author from Martinique in the Caribbean, has been talking about that 50 years ago. So um, we need to um, develop a kind of a common framework to understand better the systemic violence that modernity, in particular Eurocentric modernity, has been ex expanding in some way. Mm -hmm. um, because uh, we need also to intersect mm -hmm. the question of colonization with racism, of course, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and patriarchy. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's why the colonial thinkers like uh, Boaventura de Sousa Santos in Portugal, Rita Laura Segato in Argentina, feminist author, or even Judith Butler, the great feminist in the US, they talk about um, or oh, oh, the, the, the great uh, jurist uh, Crenshaw, also in, in the United States, they talk about intersectionality. Yeah. We need to interconnect mm -hmm. all kinds of uh, violence to understand better the systemic logic of exclusion mm -hmm. that we have been facing for centuries. Mm -hmm. 
And then not only the, the violence, but mainly the resistances that yeah. peoples have been created for centuries yeah. to re-exist, not only resist, but re-exist. Mm. And that's why for me, the, the uh, black theology in Brazil, for instance, yeah. mm-hmm. is very important because yeah. they are trying to develop their own epistemology yeah. to understand the experience of uh, slavery mm-hmm. as a tool to rethink subjectivity, vulnerability, mm-hmm. community, mm-hmm. and resistance. Mm-hmm. There is a kind of a potency, a force, a power. I don't like that word in English, power. But it's a potency coming from the victims when they resist. Okay. They reinvent in some way life, and they fight for life, for justice, for memory. And particularly in Brazil, um, the black uh, theology, uh, also in the US, uh, some um, communities are trying to develop this kind of understanding mm-hmm. of human condition. Mm-hmm. And it's a call also for the perpetrators, yeah. for supremacists, mm-hmm. white supremacists, to, for a conversion. Yes. So I think if we think in this way, uh, if we um, improve a kind of conversation, trying to t- connect this kind of violence, we can um, uh, be partners mm-hmm. in this process. And then theology, spirituality, ecclesial experiences of communities can really uh, be a part of our liberation process. Oh, yeah, thank you very much, Father. The next question we would like to ask you is in regards to the Concilium. We want to know more about your role in, um, in Concilium and how do you think that Concilium is going to be a very good instrument or tool towards the propagation of all that you are, are producing in terms of ideas and in terms of uh, methodology. So how do you think Concilium will help in uh, spreading the ideas to the peripheries? And now we are, we are kind of, all that we are researching and from what you're saying is like, we want to decolonize ourselves. Uh, so how do you think Concilium will help us in achieving this? Well, the founders of Concilium almost 60 years ago uh, was founded in 65, just at the end of the Council, Vatican II. Um, they were trying to preserve the spirit of Vatican II, which is an open, open dialogue with modern societies. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly of them, all of them were Europeans, men, and clerics. So, mm. 50 years later, um, the editorial board is much more um, representative of what the church is, really. So, there are at least half of the members are lay people, all of them very high quality theologians, of course. Um, there are some religious sisters, some priests, uh, and people from all over the world. So the representation of different regional fields and cultures is there, which is important because we have been improving in the last uh, five years, I would say. I've been there for seven years now in the mem- as member of the editorial board and two years as member of the director's board. Um, uh, we have been improving a kind of more um, collaborative way of working. It's not an individual who is 
receiving the inspiration of doing good theology is a teamwork in some way, trying to listen carefully each other among mm -hmm. us, but also in our local communities. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's an important change, probably. It's not only the professional way of doing theology in academy, for instance, as a scholars. Mm -hmm. That's very important. It's an important place, but it's not the only one. Mm -hmm. And we try to listen carefully how communities are um, expressing their own experience of spirituality, of God's mystery, uh, and um, of faith, right? So um, this methodology includes also multi um, an approach to multiculturality, mm -hmm. which is a very important um, way to address an important issue, going beyond the epistemological colonization that theology suffered for many centuries. Mm -hmm. So how can we improve a more local and global expression of theologies mm -hmm. in plural? Because every theology is contextual, right? Yeah. But in the past, we used to think that only the, the in the classical authors they are universal, but we lose, and in some way, their particularity, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's why a concilium now is trying to improve a more collaborative way of working together. And the issues that we have been um, preparing for the last five years are following the same uh, inspiration that the founders in the beginning, they, they promoted. Mm -hmm. um, it, it means ethical issues, more fundamental and systematic issues, mm -hmm. including Bible, dogmatics, and anthropology, for instance, ecclesiology, but also um, interdisciplinary approach. Mm -hmm. We need to listen carefully what the sociologists, the philosophers, the social movements, they can uh, teach us about what human life is, what it, what it means to talk about hope in the midst of a, a dictatorship or a collective trauma, etc. So in Concilium, we have been developing this kind of um, theology, more contextual theology, more inter not only international, but intercultural, uh, listen carefully the people in every uh, place. Thank you very much. Listening to you, um, you give me hope to believe that we are speaking the same language. We are in the same circle. We are under under the tree. The palaver is going on. Oh, uh, sure. It would be nice to know why did you choose uh, uh, Mercedes Sosa? Yeah, well, Mercedes Sosa, she's one of the uh, most important uh, singers uh, in Latin American music, and it was uh, this piece is uh, named. Um, only I ask God, I pray God only one once, I think. Solo le pido adios. Um, and it was a song that inspired a lot of uh, people around the countries in Latin America to fight for justice, memory, truth. In the midst of dictatorships, she comes from Argentina. She is a native Argentinian, uh, and her music is absolutely amazing. It's like a prayer in some way. So let's listen. Um, Mercedes Sosa and I was uh, also mentioned that uh, yesterday night two Jesuits were killed in Mexico because they were protecting some people uh, from the criminal mafias in northern Mexico. And we know that there are a lot of martyrs. Today, most of the martyrs are uh, not only those fighting for social justice, but also for ecology, protecting the territory. So let's keep in mind those people their, their martyrdom could be um, a call for all of us and a call to God.
cambia también lo profundo, cambia el modo de pensar, cambia todo en este mundo, cambia el clima con los años, cambia el pastor su rebaño, y así como todo cambia, que yo cambie no es extraño. Listen to you and listen to this music that talk about change. And we know that our sites need change. We have heard you talk about different moments, different places, and also how human condition has not been respected, has not been taken into, in, in, into consideration. And also how the, the theology we have practiced for a long time have tried to ignore the subjectivity or the what a, what a native. Australian theologian says the text in the context because we look at the context and we pose them different texts. He thinks that in every context there's a text and we have to look for that text. So it's very nice listening to you. What are your dreams for Africa, for the world, for the church? And what? how do you think that continuum could help in bringing those dreams to reality? What an uh, inspiring and uh, very exciting question. Um, my dream for Africa, if I can speak in that way, is um, to live with dignity, rooted into their, your very important heritage, spiritual, social, communal way of living. Um, because I think Africa is Mother Africa for all humanity. And uh, you remind us as people struggling for life, for justice, for truth and memory, that it's important for humankind to face violence with dignity yeah. and to reinvent who we are as humankind. So my, my dream for Africa is also a dream for the, for the whole humanity, which means that we could be reconnect, uh, reconnected with um, others. Uh, going beyond resentment, beyond uh, violence, beyond colonialism. And I think that Africa has a very important role to play today in the world. We are facing a mo the, probably the most important civilizational crisis we have um, ever had in the past. So is that's what we call Anthropocene or Capitalocene. And African not peoples and thinkers an artist, you are uh, helping us, all humans, to understand better. The, the deep 
dignity of humankind. So my dream for Africa is that uh, you could find the way to improve your own spirituality, your own theology, your own way of existing and re-existing as human beings, together with us others who are located in other places in the world. Listening to each other, I think we can become the body of Christ. And uh, African churches, I think, more than institutional churches, the communities, all kinds of communities who are looking for spirituality, you are a very important source of uh, life for all of us. So that's my dream for Africa. And I think Conchili would like to contribute in this process to improve your voice and to listen to your voice to be heard around the globe and also connected to other voices. Quiero desaparecer nosotros los que todavía tenemos vida no nos olvidemos más. Solo le pido a Dios que el dolor no me sea indiferente que la reseca muerte no me encuentre vacía y sola sin haber hecho lo suficiente Solo le pido a Dios que lo injusto no me sea indiferente, que no me abofete en la otra mejilla después que una garra me arañó. Grande y pisa fuerte.